This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, it's Taylor, and my new version of Red, including the 10-minute version of All Too Well, is out now, and all of the songs are available on TikTok, so I can't wait to see what you make. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Before we do quite literally anything else, yes, we will answer the question we have gotten approximately 27,000 times. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Every single ICYMI guy uh, did, in fact, ask us where the hell that viral uh, Instagram for every picture of a pet posted we will plant a tree thing came from spoiler alert ain't no trees being planted (laughs) the oh no our ozone it's broken (laughs) here's the deal instagram has this new sticker feature called add yours where somebody can start by posting a prompt to their instagram story like last pick in your camera roll and then share the sticker with the last pick in their camera roll. Then their followers can tap the sticker to create their own, thus creating a giant chain of photos, all based on a single prompt. Important to note, Instagram does not display which account starts any given add your sticker. So this week, someone posted, we'll plant one tree for every pet picture, which combines the internet's favorite things, pets and slacktivism. (laughs) And narcissism. Uh, It took off like, wildfire is probably a bad uh, simile here, but you get the idea. There were so (laughs) many frickin' pet pictures. Eventually, though, the creator of the For Every Pet Picture Will Plant a Tree sticker is outed as a 23-year-old Florida man, and the creator of the Instagram company Plant a Tree Co., which, I don't know, anything that has a co at the end of it that's not pet co strikes me as a scam. So... The reason this whole thing smelled fishy is because it is fishy. This account is known to be scammy. Uh, A similar slacktivism scam happened surrounding uh, the bushfires in Australia a couple years back. Same deal. You know, share this post. We'll plant a tree to help Australia. Guess what? No trees. Once again, no trees. And Plant a Tree Co. is actually just a charitable sounding front for a dropshipping business. For those of us who are perhaps uninformed, what's dropshipping business? Uh, it's an internet business. It doesn't have to be internet, but it usually is a business that doesn't stock their products. So they'll sell you stuff that they don't actually keep on hand. Then they'll order it from like a third party distributor. Basically, Planetary Company will sell you a necklace you could buy from Alibaba for like a buck. But if you buy it through Planetary, they'll allegedly, you know, plant a tree or something. None of this actually happens. Mm hmm. So no trees are being planted. And in fact, dubious shipping practices are involved. Yeah, and I want to take a minute to shout out at Exposing Instascams on Instagram, which is a really great account I follow uh, that that deals in taking down scammy Instagram types um, and came out of hibernation just to post about, for every pet picture, we will plant a tree. Wow. I like the way you wrap that up. Thank you. I put a bow on it, like a nice, like a nice Christmas gift. It's November, Madison. <laughs> Supply chain. <laughs> 
No, but actually, all this talk of trees has me thinking about other trees, Christmas trees, which brings me to Christmas tree farms. And do you know who was raised on a Christmas tree farm and actually sings a song about them? Taylor Allison Swift. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the show. Today, we are delving into the depths of my brain to talk about my absolute favorite thing, Taylor Swift. My winter nights are taken up by static stress and holiday shopping traffic. In case you somehow missed it, Madison is a Swiftologist. She has a PhD in this shit. I am merely a bystander. Madison, take it away. It's true. And I would say that this week, everything has changed. Featuring Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Okay, so you do know some things. (laughs) I do know some things. I know her discography. I just don't know anything beyond that. The reason we're talking about Taylor Swift today is because she just re-released her album, Red. Taylor is currently in the process of re-recording all of her old albums because she doesn't own the rights to the masters to those albums. A bunch of, uh, let's say, shitty dudes in the music industry uh, own them and not her. Uh, Which means she is on this crusade to get back the ownership of her creative work. And also, let's be real, there's a lot of money to be made in the process. So she rolls out red in this Easter egg-laden breadcrumb trail of an extravaganza that has had fans, like me, digging for clues and making TikToks for weeks. This is her thing. She is the master of world building and fan engagement. And Rachel, I do, I do care about you. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a gift here. The way you said that makes me unsure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very easy to draw a straight line back from the way that Taylor Swift interacts with her fans today to her days as a drum roll Tumblr team. Oh my God. Are we? Yes! I was like, we can't talk about her history on the internet without talking about the fact that she loved Tumblr. (laughs) She loves Tumblr. You love Tumblr. And what does Tumblr love more than a conspiracy theory? I mean, if this episode includes Tumblr, I guess I shall allow it to proceed. Okay, so there were five holes in the fence, and uh, Taylor just released the album for Red Wait, presale online, but it was priced at $20.10 2010, except what? the price was written in purple, so this actually might be a clue for Enchanted. Enchanted, Madison, which is dropping on Disney Plus <laughs> on November 12th, the same day as the album, which Madison, means we might no. be getting a concert Wait, DVD no, of Red no, Tour that's Wait, never been released. No. What? <laughs> there are so many clauses in that that need explanation, and I also feel like you might need to take a puff of your inhaler. <laughs> We're going to take a break, Madison's going to take a breath, and perhaps make herself a tinfoil hat. When we come back, we're going to talk about what exactly makes Taylor Swift so damn good at bending millions of fans to her every internet whim. It's true. I do need to calm down. So more on that after the break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we are back. Dr. Malone Kircher, would you like to take it away? I absolutely would. Tis the damn season to talk about Taylor Swift. How many song titles are you going to be dropping in this episode? I mean... I just want to (laughs) know. I don't feel that they are quantifiable. No. Long story short. I'll keep count. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think that was five. I feel like it's impossible to exist in 2021 without knowing anything about Taylor Swift, but what to you is the best place to start? The very beginning of Taylor Swift, which is to say we need to establish that Ms. Swift, or Blondie as she's known by anyone who makes a TikTok about her, was born in 1989. So what this means is... She's a millennial. She's an internet native. And how she harnesses the internet is not totally dissimilar to how we talk about how good Lil Nas X is at the internet. He's better, obviously, but that's like a microgenerational gap. This is a person who grew up, not unlike you or I, with the internet. I was going to say, she grew up, I think Lil Nas X was probably young enough for his first internet platform to be something like Facebook or Twitter. But she would have had a MySpace. Oh, Did she ever have a MySpace? You can Google the old posts. They are great. Yes, she said fuck and posted bad flash mirror pictures and joked about deep throating a lollipop. There's lots of like la la la, chortle, XOXO kind of shit from 2006. I love these posts. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel so bad for her that these posts are so easily accessible because if mine were, I would simply pass away. They're like artifacts for me, and I actually find them really humanizing and very endearing. Like, none of this is embarrassing in a, ooh, bet you wish you didn't put that on the internet way. Instead, it's just like, ah, cool, you were a teenager just like me in 2006. Especially because so much of the Swift brand now is like calculated within an inch of its life. It is really nice to see this internet evolution of like a weird, goofy, normal person who went on to become one of the biggest stars in the world. We should also note that 2006 is when Taylor Swift's first album, self-titled Taylor Swift, came out. So you can really see the parallels of her growing as an artist, like literally releasing music into the world and becoming an artist people knew, and this evolving internet presence. Does this bring us to my favorite part of the episode? It most certainly does, because what comes in the internet timeline after MySpace for teenagers on the internet in the early aughts but Tumblr? Okay, so this is a video reenactment of my Tumblr post about fall. And hats, and scarves, and knee socks, and wearing tights for the first time in months. And when the mornings are all chilly... Tumblr! This is my first introduction to Taylor Swift as not the tabloid phenomena dating Taylor Lautner and everybody else under the sun. This was probably my first interaction with something that she was putting out herself like a media coverage that she was generating herself rather than that was being generated around her. This was kind of the first step in stars, social media brands that they could curate rather than having to 
basically exists at the whim of the paparazzi. And Taylor Swift was, the girl loved Tumblr. The girl (laughs) was just all over my dashboard because it was so intoxicating for her fans to know that one day she might reblog them and respond to them, which she did literally all the time. (laughs) Taylor Swift was a known Tumblr regular. She loved to lurk there to to reblog her fans. She's been known to stalk fans. Stalk is maybe wrong. Love stalk fans. Uh, you know, creep on their internet presences for months and then send incredible care packages with personalized gifts. Fun fact, she's actually a pretty good painter because apparently being like a talented musician and singer and lyricist and producer wasn't enough. Uh, she's a cat person. Of course she loves Tumblr. Oh, her cat person posts are perhaps, I think, one of the more lingering legacies on Tumblr. She always posted about her cats. In fact, she did a whole post defining meow as an adjective cat people man meow as an adjective equals basically when something is just catty in nature or aesthetic your eyeliner is so meow because it's cat eyeliner that leather bodysuit is very meow because your friend is dressed as Catwoman for halloween it keeps going there's more please stop please taylor historically has used tumblr more often And I think more personally than any other social media platform. She makes fun of herself on this platform all the time. And then, of course, there is the iconic, no, it's Becky moment. I was going to say, I feel like if we're going to talk about like a singular early days Taylor Swift Tumblr post, we have to talk about, no, it's Becky. So there's this photo of a teenage Taylor Swift, like back when she used to like straighten her hair. The caption reads, this is a picture of my friend Becky. She used to be a happy, popular girl until one night she snorted marijuana at a party. She died instantly. Please don't do marijuana. It's the most (laughs) dangerous drug out there. Please don't wind up like Becky. So someone reblogs this post saying, I'm pretty sure that's Taylor Swift. And then the person who originally posted was like, no, it's Becky. And so this becomes part of Tumblr lore. Like I, it's across the dashboard I would say at least once a week. And then one day, Taylor Swift steps out in a yellow shirt that reads, No, it's Becky. Which is just this nod to her Tumblr fandom. Like, it's this inside joke <laughs> that is, it's, it's you, you just know Taylor Swift is always lurking on Tumblr and that she might see what you're posting about her because I don't think she ever commented on that post until she wore the shirt. Yeah, that's true. And I do think this is like the first time we see Taylor Swift realize an internet joke or realize a fan-created meme and harness it for her own. And this is something she does over and over and over again now. And this is like the first iteration of it. So Taylor is still a Tumblr teen at heart, but like everybody else, she joined TikTok this year. And she has spent the last week or so commenting on lots and lots of TikToks about Red. You might say, that's her team, but... In case we have not established, this is a woman who likes to to be the hands, the invisible string uh, pulling her internet presence. So I'm going to assume those comments are actually coming from her. But these comments have been really fun, right? Giving instructions to fans on how to listen to the album, confirming theories, you know, apparently message in a bottle is going to be a pop banger. But all of these different social interactions mean that Taylor is serving up a select version of herself to her fans, uh, which to be clear is... I think the only way to be as famous as she is. But I think Taylor Swift 
tries to have some fun with it. I think like how she exists on the internet and and interacts with fans and plays these games with us is like the last vestiges of being able to be super involved on Tumblr back in the day. Like that's still an area where she can play around and like be herself because there's a safety there. There's a protection there. Madison, I feel like up until this point is this is this has been a pretty tame, intelligent, fascinating analysis of Taylor Swift's internet history. And I, I feel like I was promised crazy conspiracy theories. Don't worry, babe. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole to Wonderland and we are going to have the best day after just a quick break. Teal was the color of your shirt when you were 16 at the yogurt shop. You used to work at to make a little money. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well... It was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're new here, welcome. Join the ICYMI family. In case you missed it, we come out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and you don't want to miss Wednesday's episode, which is about TikTok life hacks that may or may not be real. But if you listen, you'll find out how to get a free cup of coffee at Starbucks. So wherever you're listening to us, go ahead and hit subscribe. Mad- Madison, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm making myself a tinfoil hat. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Come back. Be here. I've got my hat on, and the fence has five holes. What? <laughs> Honestly, I wish I could explain, but that's the level of clue reading Swift has taught her fans to expect. So uh, this was during the lover rollout. One time she posted a picture of herself behind a picket fence that had five holes, and uh, we took that to be a countdown, a secret release countdown. Um, Was it? No, we were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We get it wrong a lot. Taylor kind of trolled us with it, and it's a meme now. So from what you're telling me, the the complicated puzzle of guessing when her album release was slated to come started as a fan bit, and then Taylor Swift was like, actually, this is mine now. 
in this particular instance, it's a, a running joke. But oftentimes she does leave lots of secret clues for fans to follow. And I consider myself an expert, but compared to some of the people whom I uh, hang out with on the internet, I know nothing. A really basic example is Taylor Swift is obsessed with the number 13. Like if Taylor is releasing anything, you can expect a 13 Easter egg. Why? What? What's up with 13? (laughs) It's her lucky number. She used to play with it painted huge on her hand. Her birthday is the 13th. She turned 13 on Friday the 13th. Her uh, first album went gold in 13 weeks. Her first number one song had a 13-second intro. Anytime she's ever, like, won an award, she's been seated in seat 13 or row 13 or row M, which is number 13. Lots of her album releases involve numerology, so when you add up the dates, you get 13. I know I sound insane. I really, really do. I was like, this feels like a lot of confirmation bias from one Miss Taylor Swift. Here's an example. Taylor Swift's song, Love Story, uh, which if you're going to listen to it now, you need to listen to Love Story, Taylor's version, because she owns the rights to that one, uh, clocks in at three minutes and 55 seconds. Can you find the 13? I I still, I really feel like this is, this is a lot of looking for signs and finding them where you want to, which is someone who kind of traffics in astrology. I, I fuck with it. Taylor Swift has created this incredible, elaborate world where everything is a clue. Um, here's a TikTok. This one's kind of wild, and I'll, I'll talk you through what you can't see on screen. But this is the level of just wild twists and turns we're actually talking about. Okay, so does anyone remember how Taylor Swift posted this picture with her mom? And then you look up National Scrabble Day, April 13th. And then April 13th, she posted the countdown that led to the release of the single of Me. Now, this is all very old news, of course, right? Then these show up on her website, her merch, and playing cards. And I was like, what? And everyone is... So what's happening here is because one time Taylor Swift posted a picture of her and her mom playing Scrabble, and National Scrabble Day is apparently April 13th, and on April 13th of that year, Taylor Swift announced an album, Lover. This fan is positing because Taylor Swift started selling playing cards on a certain day that we will be getting an album announcement on National Playing Card Day. Which is December 28th, which I'm just saying, 1228, one plus two plus two plus eight. Okay, I mean, I'll see you on December 28th to see if this actually bears You're out. A believer but there, now. I can see it. I I'm can no, see it in I'm your eyes. I'm not. What I want to know is there is an actual album release that there's a reason we're talking about this. <laughs> And not just so you can try and indoctrinate me into this cult. It's because Taylor's re-releasing Red. So I'm assuming there has to be some kind of clues around Red. And what are they? For a while, there was a rumor that Taylor Swift was doing a partnership with Starbucks. Oh. Uh, genius for a couple of reasons. Number one, what is this album called? Red. Oh. And, and the cups this time of year are? Red. I should mention that those rumors did actually turn out to be true. You can go to Starbucks right now and order a uh, non-fat caramel Taylor's version latte. I was going to say because of that line, Starbucks love her. Well, you do know things. See, that's the (laughs) other layer. So in blank space, Taylor Swift says, I got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane. Uh, But if you listen to it, it does sound a little bit like she's Oh, I Starbucks lovers fully thought she said, I think for at least two weeks of listening to 1989 that she said, I have a long list of Starbucks lovers. And I was like, same, bitch. (laughs) Do you know my favorite piece of trivia about that song, though? After she says, I got a blank space, baby, you know, that like 
noise? Uh-huh. It's a pen click. But I got a blank space, baby. And I'll write your name. Her mind. <laughs> okay, what, what else is coming out of her mind? So perhaps the most important part of the red rollout is that we're getting a 10-minute version of one of Taylor's most iconic songs, All Too Well, which is the song about one Jake Gyllenhaal. And an absolute banger. So in addition to this 10-minute version, she's coming out with a short film. The trailer for the All Too Well movie is the shot of a car driving down like a really beautiful rural road in the fall. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Is the car a 1989 make and model? Damn it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning. I'm growing. You're learning. I'm listening. (laughs) So those are some of the more satisfying Easter eggs, right? They're concrete. They're definitely real. You can, you even as just... Somebody who's become a Swifty temporarily for this podcast, like you're starting to follow the pattern, right? You're starting to be able to pick things up. And isn't it satisfying? Weren't you satisfied just Yeah, then? but again, you promised me conspiracy theories and all you're giving me is logical leaps. <laughs> so on Disney Plus on November 12th. Disney Plus, how'd they get involved? Mm, Disney Plus is, is adding Enchanted, you know, the Amy Adams movie. Yes, an incredible movie. Enchanted is coming to Disney Plus on November 12th. Taylor Swift has a song called Enchanted on her album Fearless, which a lot of Swifties are speculating to be the next album to be released. If you want to take it one step further, there is rumored to have been camera crews on the Red Tour filming for what some people online have said was supposed to be a concert DVD that never got released. And so there's wild theories also that like on Friday, because Enchanted is coming to Disney Plus, that also means a red concert tour. What? Did did that happen? No, of course it didn't happen. But that's the fun, you know. She's also been playing games with the pricing of her albums. Uh, mostly I think to fuck with us because she knows how just magnifying glass we are with her every move. (laughs) So Fearless, Taylor's version, which came out earlier this year, was priced at $19.89, which made us all go, oh my God, 1989 is next. Welcome to New York. So how much does Red cost? (laughs) That album cost $20.10. And 2010 is the year that Speak Now came out. In case that's not heavy-handed enough, the 2010, the price, $20.10, is written in purple. What is that relevant? That's like the color of the album. Yeah. I'm in awe. I'm shocked. I don't know what to believe anymore. (laughs) Well, and that's sort of where we Swifties land, right? Because she gives us all these clues. Sometimes they're real and it's really satisfying and it's really fun. Other times they don't pan out. But then there's a third category of like, was this a clue? Is Taylor now just saying, yeah, that was a clue? Did we invent the clue? Okay, so I feel like this this dynamic where everything and nothing is a clue very much leads to people perhaps uh, parsing things that they're not meant to, reading too far into innocuous things, perhaps suggesting that Taylor Swift is in a relationship with Carly Claus. <laughs> Formerly, my God. Uh, she, in sorry, fact- Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> But what you're saying is true, right? When everything could possibly be a coded message, it has invited, whether intentionally or not, Swift fans. We have this like overly intimate, very parasocial relationship with her because it's not insane for us to think, oh, she's sending us a message when so often she is. So hypothetically, if you're a 
gay fan and you're hearing something uh, LGBTQ in these songs and she's teasing an album announcement pegged to National Lesbian Visibility Day. Yes, I know that's a fake holiday, but pretend <laughs> it's real for the sake of this uh, <laughs> this conspiracy theory. And then she comes out with, you need to calm down and her hair is dyed in the color of the bisexual flag. Like, you might think that this person who is known for sending secret messages is just up to the usual tricks. All right, so I have a spicy question for you, kind of based on all of the the past 30 minutes of Swift-ology, which is, do you think that the kind of gray area that Taylor Swift operates in, in terms of sending a messages, perhaps means that she um, doesn't make as strong a political statements as she could because she's sending all these subliminal messages that she's she's doing the right thing? I think that was the case in earlier Swift eras. She has definitely had a real pivot post, let's say, reputation You know, she finally came out and said, like, you know, there was some very right wing conservative Republican running in in Tennessee where she's from. And she, you know, came out and threw all of her weight behind the Democrat who was running. She got really into voter registration for young, you know, like she definitely there's a pivot you can see happening. But I think there's always room for more. I think where this nets out is that Taylor Swift, one case I just have not been clear. I think the woman's a genius. I don't think she's the uh, <laughs> the voice of my generation while Carol King walks the earth, but she comes in a close second. And uh, <laughs> she's brilliant, right? Because she's created this masterful world where everything she does is her calculation. She thought of it six years ago, and we are just figuring it out now. Whether or not that's true all the time, we will never know. Honestly, Madison, you might have you might have brought me into the uh, the numerology fold. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'll send you your membership card. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It's free and the best way to make sure you never miss uh, me just fully spiraling out about something I'm really obsessed with. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. You can send us an email at icymi at slate.com or you can DM us on Twitter at icymi underscore pod. Uh, We'd like to take a minute to shout out our listener, Rachel, who uh, tweeted at us this week. And uh, turns out Rachel's got an uncanny ability to predict with alarming accuracy, exactly what our show topic is going to be. So, Rachel, we challenge you. What's Wednesday's episode going to be about? Let us know. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. And a special shout out to Amber Smith. See online. Or wearing a dress, dancing with our hands tied in a getaway car driving down Cornelia Street. I meant to I meant to print a list before the show began so I could be better equipped to torture you. For a fun drinking game, count how many song titles Madison says over the course of the next half hour. <laughs> Only if you don't want to live forever. Featuring Zane. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.